0: what are the three key decisions involved with considering the ria model that is today's question on the transition to ria question and answer series it is episode number 88 hi i'm brad wales with transition to ria i hope you understand everything there is to know about why And now to transition into the RIA model. Uh, If you're not already there, if you head on over to to TransitionToRIA.com, you can find all of the resources I make available to help you better understand the model. Uh, This entire series is in video format, podcast format, I have articles, I have white papers. Again, a lot of resources to help you understand the model and what it might look like for your practice. If you head to to TransitionToRIA.com, you can find all of the resources. Okay, on today's episode, we're going to be talking about kind of the three key considerations or decisions you would you would need to kind of make as part of this process of whether you should uh, move into the RIA model. And the, the reason I've, I like to frame it this way with these three kind of steps, and to be honest, after I share this, for, for anyone that's talked to me directly, you've probably already heard me say some of this, uh, others would probably... Steal this from me as they uh, in the industry as they work to explain how the model works as well. But I I, I think this is the most kind of concise way to kind of break down the, the main decisions you must make if you're you're considering this RA model. And and the reason I like kind of putting it into these three buckets, if you will, is because at first glance it can seem very uh Complicated or overwhelming, whatever word we want to use. That if you that if you're at a wirehouse now or an independent broker dealer now, and you say I I keep hearing about this RA model, I keep seeing people go into the RA model. Supposedly it's better, uh, but there just seems to be a gazillion choices involved and a gazillion vendors that I'd have to to utilize, and, and it, it, it can seem overwhelming because there's just uh, seemingly too many. Things you must consider and think through, and the reality is, it doesn't have to be that way. Uh, how I, the analogy I usually give, this is the same thing you do for your clients. Um, an example would be, you have a new client come in, and let's say it makes sense to use mutual funds with that client. Well, the reality is, there's I don't know what the latest. There's eight thousand different mutual funds out there right now. Um, which to a client that doesn't know any better or hasn't had the chance to to be guided on how to kind of narrow that field, if they they were to learn, oh, there's eight thousand mutual funds to choose, from, that can be quite overwhelming. Possibly even, um, but paralysis by an, or, uh, paralysis by an, analysis by paralysis. Sorry, uh, where basically you can't you can't um, move forward because you're just overwhelmed by the decisions. Uh, but there you are to help that uh, client or say, okay, no, 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 we don't need to be overwhelmed by the 8,000 choices. And by the way, we're not even worried right from the jump whether we should use American funds or Fidelity funds or whatever the case is, because there's one of the things we first need to uh, appeal the onion back on and understand first, does it even make sense for you client to be in mutual funds? Does it even make sense for you to be invested? In? So uh, that's, that's the same thing you do for your clients to kind of really simplify that. Seemingly overwhelmingly calm set down is what I hope to do with this episode of bringing this idea of, okay, is, is what's this RA thing all about? Down to three main decisions you would make as part of that process. Uh, so number one, uh, and these go in order. So if you can't get past the first one, there's no reason to go to the second one and, and then and then likewise on to the third one. So uh, in order, the first thing you have to understand if you say, okay, should, is this RA model for me is is number one, does it make sense for you to even transition your practice into the RA model? So a lot of that is education. Uh, you first need to understand how it works and all the options and those sorts of things. By the way, I should have said this before I dove into number one. Notice as I go through this, particularly steps one and steps two, we don't even need to talk about any specific solution providers just yet, any named firms. So again, don't get overwhelmed like the mutual fund investor does. You don't need to worry if it's American funds or Fidelity funds. You need to first be able to get past particularly steps one and two at that generic level before you worry about who does what or what service provider might you might want to choose from. So sorry, I should have said that before I jumped in. Uh, so on that number one, should you even go into the RA model? So there are Kind of two main motivating factors for why most folks uh, go into the RA model. I often start conversations uh, with advisors when I when they first reach out. I say, "Hey, what what has motivated someone like you to be talking to someone like me?" And I and I like to understand what their what their motivations are for maybe considering this RA model. And generally, no matter what the answer, they can generally be put into one of two buckets, and it's either economics or flexibility and often often advisors are, are seeking and desiring both of those. And that's completely understandable. Uh, so the idea is, okay, if if the economics are supposedly better and the flexibility is supposedly better, well, do you do you really understand how that works? So you first need to understand how those economics work, understand what the flexibility is, and then compare it against what you have now. For those that have uh, listened or watched a lot of episodes, you know, I say the RA model is not for everyone. I'm not naive. I don't get on these and say 100% of advisor scenarios should go to the RA model. That's not the case. Uh, However, in most cases, it is more favorable to what the advisor has now. But part of that exercise is to understand hey, what do those economics look like? And when I say economics, that's things like what the current day income would be for your practice on your p what the enterprise value of your practice could be under that RA model. Uh, and then how does that compare to what you have now? So both with economics and flexibility, you have to understand what does that look like in the RA space? And then we have to go through the exercise of, okay, well, how is that different from what you have now? And in particular thing I, I bring up when I ask about these motivations, because I want to make sure... The, the reasons an advisor is is considering or thinking that the RE model might be for them, we want to make sure that, that that's accurate and that that's validated. So as an example, on the flexibility front, if there's something an advisor is doing or would like to do at their current firm and is being told, no, they can't do it, or it's very uh, just challenging the way the firm makes them to be able to do it, and, and they, they feel or hope, oh, hey, in the RE model, this would be much easier, or perhaps it will be, but let's let's understand that. Let's validate that. Because again, there's no reason to, to make a change with your practice if what you're trying to get to is not actually, the, the vision you have is not actually possible to kind of implement. So again, part of it is what are the economics, what is the flexibility, and then how does it compare to what you have now? And is your expectations of what it would be in the future reasonable? Can that be met? Um, and, and likewise, you might not even know how some of that works, understandably, in the RA model. That's where I help advisors with is to say, here is how the economics work. Here is how these particular levers in that flexibility bucket would work in the RA model. So again, it's understanding them both in the future future state, your current state, and, and how they differ. Uh, and then still at that same first level, it's also important while, while you have the, the potential benefits on the economics front, the potential benefits on the flexibility front, it is only only reasonable and fair for me to point out, as I always do, there's also generally additional responsibilities that you would have that you likely don't have now. So you also need to, as you're evaluating that first step, hey, should I even go into the RA model? I don't care how great the economics are, I don't care how great the flexibility is, can I handle, or am I able or willing to handle those additional responsibilities? And by the way, what are those additional responsibilities? So that's why I help advisors think through them. What, what things might you be responsible for now that you are not responsible for in your current arrangement? And then, and then how do folks in the RA model manage those responsibilities? So it's it's not to say it's something you should fear or something you don't think you can accommodate, and quite frankly, there's over 30,000 RIAs out there. So RIAs are, are figuring out, and there's solution providers to help with that, how to handle those responsibilities. But in the case that it's something that you are not doing now, and so an, an example of that just to give out, is if you have your own RIA, you, you are responsible for your own compliance. And likely wherever you're at now, whether it's a warehouse, independent broker dealer, that is done for you. Now that's done for you for better or worse, that might not be a good compliance partner for you, but they are they are handling that responsibility. And the RAA model, you must handle, if you have your own RAA, you must handle that responsibility. And I've done all kinds of episodes on how you manage that compliance responsibility. Or well, you might even join an existing RA, by the way, which has some great value props. And part of that is that they will manage it for you. So even if you don't wanna manage it yourself, you you could mitigate that as well, but the idea is again at that high level, that first level. Does this make sense for me? You also need to understand what would your additional responsibilities be over what you have now, and is the upsides on the economic and flexibility yeah. worth it for you? Those additional responsibilities and worth it to make a transition. So, just simple example on the economics front: if 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 the change, and this is an extreme example, it's generally significantly better than this, but I'm just trying to make a point here. If going from where you are now to this this RAA model would only net you an additional $3,000 a year in income, you likely would conclude it's not worth it to me to have to go through an entire transition solely for an extra $3,000 a year. It depends on what your current size is, but for, but from almost everyone, that's just not even remotely worth it. Again, that's an extreme example. That's, to, that's usually nowhere near that that extreme. Um, but but just the idea being, it is a big process to go through a transition. There are new responsibilities, so it has to be worth it for you. So whether it's worth it for you, however you define that, from a economic standpoint or flexibility standpoint there are people that go through the transition where the economics could be relatively flat because depending on where they're coming from or whatever the circumstance, but maybe the flexibility is in, is significantly better and their satisfaction will be significantly better and their ability to grow their practice uh, in that new flexible environment will be significantly better, which by the way, eventually rolls back into the economics bucket. So again, it matters what's important to you and then is the upside significant enough and make it worth going through a transition i'm very uh kind of open with people and walking folks through that and let's say let's map that out let's make sure you understand it and then make sure it is worth your while to be considering this so again at a high level number one does it even make sense for you to be going down the art path In most advisor situations it does but it's not 100 you do need to go through that exercise understand it if, if it is for you or not okay Number two, if and only if you get past number one, if you can't get past number one, there's no reason to keep going through the process. But if you get over number one, then the next the, the next thing to unfully understand again, we still don't need to worry about particular solution providers just yet. Is is for you to understand the various pathways into the model. So at a very high level, and there's a lot of nuances. This and and, and other variables that are worth uh, diving deeper into based on your specific circumstances, but at a high level, there's three kind of main ways into the model. Uh, some of you have heard me talk about this on episodes before. So if you get past that first, you say, okay, RA model makes sense. What are the three pathways into the model? So, on one end of the spectrum is starting your own RAA RIA. And as with any standalone RAs, building out the necessary solution providers. Around it to support it, so that are th- that's things like okay, I need a custodian, I need to manage my compliance, I need technology, I might need marketing support, uh, all the all the kind of support mechanisms, if you will, are that are necessary to run a modern day RIA. So on one end of the spectrum, start your RIA, build out all of those pieces around it. I mean, all these steps, but particularly that one is a perfect example of what I help advisors with is say, hey, how does this work? And and, and and what are these pieces we need to be considering? So on one end is the kind of do-it-yourself approach, if you will. On the far end of the other end of the spectrum, you'll see why I'm jumping over. Uh, that is, uh, there are some wonderful, I, I call them RIA platforms, but basically these are existing RIAs that you can join. And by the way, again, I alluded to this, 30, over 30,000 RIAs out there. So in theory, not all of them are looking to add advisors, but in theory, there's all kinds of RAs out there that would welcome someone that, that might want to consider joining their firm as opposed to starting their own. Uh, but there are a subset of, of RAs out there that, as I say, were purpose-built from the start. To This is not just some RA down the street that has an empty desk in the corner, and they'd love to have you come sit in it. That That typically does exist. And if it's a good uh, match and culture for you and you like the person hey that might be something you want to consider but uh for for the sake of this exercise just be aware that there are some very good purpose-built ria solutions out there that were started from the beginning to recognize their advisors that say hey i want those better economics i want the better flexibility maybe I don't want as much of the responsibilities of the do it yourself approach on the other end of the spectrum. So there are some wonderful solutions out there that have gone out there and they have procured the custodial relationships and they have, they have built uh, the tech stack. They've already built that out. Uh, They have, they have, they handle the compliance for you. So they've kind of bundled up most of these needed pieces I described over here. And so as opposed to you having to build and manage those pieces on your own, they say, hey, we've gone out, we've we've chosen best in breed solutions in the marketplace. We've bundled it up. By the way, we have more scale than you will ever have by yourself. And so we can get better price and maybe with custodians or technology vendors, whatever the case is, we've bundled it up and we give all this kind of value to you uh, typically for a single single bundled kind of price and mechanism, and there's all different flavors of this model and what they provide and how it's set up and, and 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 all the variables that you you would want to consider that go into that. So it's wonderful that there's a lot of different flavors um, because that's a lot of different things to choose from. But know that that exists that there are purpose built RA's out there that cater to that advisor that just wants a lot of these benefits but would rather kind of. Have it bundled up and provided for them, and so it's less responsibilities that you, as the advisor, would have to manage. So that's on the other end of the spectrum. And then in the middle of the spectrum, and there's not as many players in this space, is the idea where if you wanted your own RIA for whatever your motivations are, and sometimes there are scenarios where, <clears throat> sorry, it is a must that you have your own RA. Just the, the the circumstances are such that your own RA is, is necessary versus maybe joining an RA. Maybe you don't want to manage again all of those individual pieces. So there are some solution providers in the middle and say, "Hey, we we bundle up some of these same things, kind of like over here on the, the the RA platform. We bundle these up and give them to you in one bundled solution. That's a term I use. I don't I don't really see the the, the solution providers using it, but I've I've kind of framed it that way. Of I mean, we've give a, a bundled set of solutions. So as opposed to you doing it individual yourself, hey, you can have your own RA." and still access a bundled set of solutions all at once. So that's kind of the middle ground. So are there, the questions are the, which one's better than the, than the other one? And there is no, there is no, I always say there's no golden goose. Each of these three pathways have pros and cons. If anyone tells you otherwise, they're either disingenuous uh, or they simply don't know what they're talking about. So every pathway has pros and cons by the way your current firm your current affiliation model has pros and cons any other thing you could conceive or consider perhaps outside of the RA model has pros and cons so part of this exercise again as you go through these three key decisions is that second one is understanding what i just explained and understanding deeper exactly how each of those those three along the spectrum work and then equally understand okay what what are the pros and cons of each of these three approaches and again we haven't even mentioned any specific firms or, 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 or solution providers. You want to understand these at a generic level. How would each pathway work? What are the pros and cons? And then I typically say, hey, let's let's explore, and I help advisors down all three of these pathways. Let's explore uh, at least two. It's it's not not too common to explore all three because generally what happens is I'm working through these steps with advisors and helping them understand everything. It is natural that uh, an advisor team, they start to lean in one particular direction. That's, that's natural. You should, as you hear about the pros and cons of what you want to do with your practice. And so it, there usually is some kind of starting point that we start with and say, okay, hey, what which of those three sounds most favorable to you? Uh, which way are you leaning? And then, and then we can explore that. Uh, but, but is there another one we should at least compare it to. So again, typically you don't, uh, because that's part of my value prop and value add is helping you understand them enough that you don't necessarily have to go out dig further into all three, but we'd, we'd narrow it down to one, if if not two pathways to, to consider at that second level. And then the third level. So again, now, if that still makes sense, if you, if you liked what you heard at, at the first step, if you liked what you heard at the second step, then, then and only then if you get past that. And by the way, that, that's a lot of education that has to go into that. That's a big part of what I do for advisors. That's not 10-minute conversation that can be, oh, hey, what's your practice look like? Oh, by the way, here's your, here's your solution. If, if done right, you need to take the time to understand all of this. Again, that someone like me can help you with all those things. And let's say you get past level one, past level two, now that's where you start to get into this so the third key decision is who are the specific solution providers i should be using based on these pathways into the model so if you were going to start your own ria then the question is okay things like a custodian specifically who are the custodians which custodians are available to me perhaps based on my size which of the custodians can accommodate my business best based on the, the services you provide for your clients uh, so you need to know what the marketplace is, uh, who the players are, what, which ones are available to you. And then even then there's pros and cons to each solution provider in that. So you want to, if you're on the, the, the kind of build it out yourself, then you get down that third level is understanding the custodians, understanding the compliance consultant firms, understanding the technology solutions, understanding how to solve for E and O it's all doable. There's no, nothing to be intimidated by it. You just you just work through this process slowly and then even if you get down and that's the that's the direction you're go, then you just work through those steps as well. And I have a checklist that helps folks that identify, okay, here are the main variables that we need to solve for. And it's just a matter of going through the exercise, understanding how each one works, understanding how you would engage each piece of that puzzle, who the providers are, why you might choose one over the other. And then you ultimately do a deep dive into the ones that you think might be the best fit. And there's a whole due diligence process. And and at the end of the day, you're you're simply checking off boxes as you make selections. So that's the same, no matter which of those three kind of pathways you go into, whether you're building out yourself or whether it makes sense to look at uh, one of these existing RIA platforms to say, okay, hey, let's look at, again, I'm, I'm not a big fan of only looking at one because even though someone like me And I go on the marketplace and I'm well aware of who the main players are and why you might uh, choose one of the other or or, or their their different value props. Uh, You generally always want something to compare it against, whether you're looking at technology vendors or looking at entire RIA platforms. You typically want to say, okay, let me do a deep dive on this one, but let me have another, say, two or three to, to compare it against and see how they are different and what I might like best or what might be the best fit for me. So at that third level, it's identifying who are the specific solution providers uh, to, to, to do a deeper dive with, do that due diligence with. So back to our mutual fund example, that's assuming with that client, assuming it makes sense for the client to even be, you know, essentially engaging you for, for your services. Does it make sense for the client to be saving or investing money. Do the, does the client have assets to invest? So you, as you do with your clients, you're working through all those steps and only at that final step. And by the way, one of those along the way would have been just mutual funds. Is that even the investment vehicle that the client should be using? But let's say it is. Only then do you start uh, uh, considering or sorting through the particular mutual fund providers out in the marketplace. And again, you've added value, all, all those steps along the process and made it so it's not intimidating or overwhelming for the client. It doesn't have to be, as you know, as you do a, a methodical approach to kind of narrow everything down for the client to find the solution that's best for the client. It's the same thing if you're considering the RA model. It's just a lot of education. You got to go through these steps. If you want to do it right, uh, you you can attempt to jump right to the bottom step. The, the challenges are you getting. Uh, unbiased advice by talking to a particular vendor. If that's the first conversation you have, well, guess what? They are going to present uh, a picture or a pathway that aligns with their particular solution. And guess what? Their particular solution might be what's best for you. You might get lucky and nail that, but generally you want to go through the first two steps first and then get to the third one to make sure, okay, hey, don't don't let me let the tail wag the dog on this let me make sure I have the full picture of these three layers as you work through them. Uh, so to recap, again, the three main key decisions, this is if you, if you had to take all the all the variables, all the decisions in total, all the education, if you were to try to sum it up in the most concise format, concise way possible, the three main considerations or decisions, sorry, if you wanted to consider the RA market are number one, Should I even be going into the RA model? Does it even make sense for me and my practice? Have I taken the time to understand how it works and how it would benefit my practice? That's number one. Number two is, okay, if it makes sense to be considering it, what are the three main pathways into the model and why might one or two of those pathways be the best solution for me to be considering? How do they compare? What are the pros and cons of those? And then the third one again, is at the end of the day, you're putting the pieces of the puzzle together. Who are the specific solution providers in the marketplace that support each of those pathways? And so at that point, you have chosen, you know, ideally, the pathway that is best for you. Now let's fill in the pieces with these specific solution providers. And again, even with them, pros, cons to everything. The, the name of the game is just educate yourself on this entire process. Know what's available to you. Uh, this is a big transition if you were to make it. Ideally, this is the last transition you ever have to make. It's worth investing the time to understand all of this, not to make some sales pitch out of this. That's This is everything I help, or example of what I help advisors through is all those education layers and ultimately the, the kind of bottom line of, of choosing solution providers in the process. Uh, so, like I said at the top, my name is Brad Wales with Transition to RIA, and this is, again, this is what I help advisors with, is helping, should you even be going down this path? And if we can't get past layer one, you don't need to worry about anything else in the in the steps or what anyone else might tell you. Number one, does this even make sense? I hope these episodes have helped you in a lot of ways to, to kind of guide you on that process, help you start to understand if it makes sense for you. Um, But at the end of the day, uh, the most effective thing, because every practice is unique, every practice is owned by a different advisor or team that has different visions for what they want to do going forward or aspirations or willingness to take on responsibility. Everyone is so unique that you really need to do a deep dive. That is what I help folks with. Uh, So if you head on over to the website, like I said, at the top transition to RIA.com. Uh, For starters, again, you can find all the resources I mentioned, the entire series in video format, podcast format, uh, articles, I have white papers, and then at the top of every page is a contact link. If you click on that, you can instantly and easily schedule time to have a one-on-one conversation with me, just like I've been talking about on this episode of how I can help you think all of these steps through. I'm happy to have that conversation with you again there's a contact link, top of every page, uh, the website is transition2ria.com. And with that, I hope you found value in today's episode, and I'll see you on the next one.